Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon. Well, do I call it a good afternoon, Danny? Yeah, it's the, nice. uh, the COB, the day in business for markets, and it's, well, perhaps um, a little bit of a negative day, it has to be said. Yeah, not looking too uh, too great out there. Looks like the market's down about 1%, but I'm sure we'll check in with the index. But apparently the markets were surprised that the RBA went again. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was a matter, and I think the, the best phrasing uh, that I heard going into the decision, it, it was a, a, a when or not if question. And well, the when wasn't supposed to be today necessarily. Right. So uh, we didn't have, I think we had maybe five basis points by the time that the 2.30 rolled around actually in the curve. Lo and behold, uh, low did it again, um, pun intended, I guess, uh, off by 1% now. And well, I mean, it was already a negative session. Mm-hmm. We were down by 0.8, but that was the, the final 0.5. kicker. 0.5 going into before. it yeah, yeah there you go so that yeah. was uh that was the real kicker and uh well it takes us to our three things because it's hard to talk about anything else other than uh this today and it's uh well surprise 25 and mm-hmm. uh it's perhaps a bit of a narrow path from here the rba have said as much we've got the gdp figures tomorrow we've got governor low speaking uh it's well starting to become a little bit dimmer out there perhaps dimmer in terms of the outlook i reckon Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mortgage, mortgagees, I mean, they're, they're just going to get absolutely crushed. We we're discussing that. How many people are really, really going to struggle? And we haven't even had all those people rolling off their fixed rate mortgages. I think, to quote Ernest Hemingway, how do you go bankrupt slowly at first and then quickly? There you go. And uh, hopefully not said from experience either by any No, sense. but I just think it's just like it's, it's, yeah. it's, the, humans are strange. We don't like to change. It's almost like we have to be forced to change and it's like you know everybody just wanted to go out and spend we've had so much revenge travel and revenge spending but eventually we're going to have to shut our wallets Mm. all those of us that have mortgages or exposed to rate rises or lose their jobs or everything horrible that comes with a slowing economic growth it is a good point in fact uh when i used to be um a a two-bit sales dude on on an fx (laughs) desk that's what they said it's always a commitment to consistency and uh, resistance to change is uh, one of the human beings biggest uh, failures and perhaps that's uh, part of the story here. But uh, let's just go to the States and backtrack 12 hours very quickly because that's that last point there. Um, Cause for pause potentially from the Fed because we're actually starting to see, well, some fairly consistent weak data coming out of the US, at least weaker than expected with that services PMI data last night. So maybe a pause from the Fed coming through as well. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think you get as many views there as you do here. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will pause. Then again, they might go again because, yeah. it, you know, that that um, labour force data we had on Friday, I mean, there was something in that for everybody, wasn't that? Yeah, you was. could take, the, you know, the bullish or the bearish view, but ours worked in the US are shrinking. I suspect, you know, the US is slowing as well, yeah. but I mean, the Fed and the RBA keep on looking at um, indicators that are in the rear view mirror. Yeah. 
And that's the problem. They're effectively driving the cars through the rearview mirror, which I'm sure Martin might want to chat about. Oh, well, perhaps we will. Um, and from a figurative perspective, of course, too, I've been told Martin's a very competent driver and a very safe one at that. Um, but let's just get across some of the uh, areas of the market very quickly that yeah. did feel the pinch in particular today. Um, it's no surprise that perhaps retailers, uh, given their sensitivity to the consumer, were amongst the worst. Yeah, and baby bunting down 16%. They had a shocker of a mm. downgrade. I mean, they really are being slapped around. So, yeah, no surprises because as the consumer has to close the wallet, well, then discretionary items get hit first. And, uh, you know, that's probably why, you know, even companies like La Visa are being hit at the moment. Harvey Norman, obviously, you know, people mightn't be renovating their houses or buying so much furniture. And uh, yeah, I'll say. And uh, well, let's look at healthcare too, because uh, I don't know if that was a sort of a yield story, perhaps a, a kind of growth. Not a yield, it's whack. just, it's just a valuation compression. They sometimes go in and knock. Um, the stocks that typically trade um, at more expensive valuations, although they haven't tampered with information technology today. But that was really the only reason I could see that why you go in and sell some of those healthcare names. Yes, and the banks too, not uh, immune from the selling. And well, I mean, at some point in time and at different stages of the economic cycle, rate rise mightn't be a terrible thing for the banks. But well, in this environment where you know you're potentially hiking into a potential, well, a fairly significant slowdown that the, the risk is, yeah. of course, um, you know, and maybe not good for, for the banks there and, either who are um, continuing to trend line. What what is going to happen with all these people that are under huge mortgage stress? Yeah. You know, that has ramifications for things like bad and doubtful debts, yeah. and it's starting to potentially get up to levels that we saw in 2008. I mean, we're not there yet, but this has you know consequences for the financial institutions. How they handle, um, you know, how they structure the loans for these people. Yeah, indeed. And uh, well, again, it's a space we'll continue to keep an eye on. Um, just a few other stories of that. I don't know if you followed it by any chance, but ASX was another one that was down quite yeah, considerably. Yeah, that was a shocker. It was. Goes, um, I suppose, bad from to, to worse for the business there. And, it does. And I, I mean, I'm clearly not competent enough to be at the helm of an ASX listed company, but you sort of wonder when you effectively have, you know, a huge mode, a, a monopoly on a on on a, on a business. Uh, they just can't seem to execute particularly well. There's well, this chess issues, think, yeah. the costs associated with that, the dividend uh, payout ratio is going to be potentially cut. Think of it this way. There's a new CEO and she's come in and mm. the previous CEO, like they've had multiple that haven't executed in terms yeah. of blockchain technology for chess. So what does the new CEO do? They basically lower the forecast. They say, yeah. look, we have a mess here. We need to deal with it. We're going to have to potentially cut the dividend payout ratio. It's been a favourite for investors because yeah. it has a high payout ratio. It's always been consistent. But also, too, you've got to remember volumes on the ASX are shrinking. There's no corporate activity. And actually, I saw in the AFR today that the Australian market has actually shrunk for the first time in 18 years because companies have been delisted, taken over, and the not enough listing. So it's directly, it's kind of getting it from all directions at the moment. Is that a reversion to the mean story? Because I, I talk to a lot of, I, I talk to a lot <laughs> of retail. to the mean, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I talk to a lot of, say, retail brokers and retail platforms who have just seen volumes You're talking volumes. Off. Well, yeah, well, that's the point, well, that's right? That's market. how they make their money. So that, is that it's what they're doing? Market. We're just going back to where we would have been a couple of years ago had we not had this hysteria? Mm. I don't know. I think it's probably yeah. worse because rates are rising. But right. these are bear markets. You know, anyone that's lived through a bear market as a broker, as I have, as Martin has, knows it. The phone doesn't ring. Mm. It gets yeah. And so basically, there are not even well, except for lunch. 
I'll bet. Um, okay. And they cut the credit card expenses, so that wasn't going to work too well. <laughs> no, no. Okay, well, we'll push on. We'll get to the stock of the day. Uh, we did have uh, Nadine Blaney at the wheel. Uh, Sigma Healthcare was the stock. win uh, for Sigma. Uh, I forecast the company. I have it as a whole. I assume the status quo. I thought EBOS might fight a little harder to keep it. Um, compelling um, compelling offer put forward by Sigma, obviously, which Chemist Warehouse has accepted, hence the uh, share price reaction. So if you go back a number of years when Sigma um, had the full Chemist Warehouse contract in full flight, stock was $1.30, $1.50. You know, it's still only 80 cents. Not saying that's where it's going, um, but it's when I saw the announcement, I thought the market will like this, mm -hmm. even though this Sigma's mm -hmm. basically writing a hundred million dollar check uh, to get the get the contract. It's still very positive from a Sigma point of view, and it helps management receive its uh, medium term objectives, which is to get EBIT in sort of a one to two or one and a half to two and a half percent range. So good good outcome for Sigma. I thought an EBOS is down. I think 12 percent. Yeah, 14 percent. Um, for Sigma, is that eternal domain? Is this now gonna? I think it, it'll tie them in with Chemist Warehouse now. It's I, I think as an investor, there's always these unforeseen that you can't predict, and I think this is a case where where Sigma really was in a very weak position. Um, you can if you if you open up a ten-year price chart, you'll see that the share price basically has gone nowhere. Um, with, uh, amongst daily volatility and I think they, they sort of had to do something because otherwise the pressure just continues building on and ultimately they might actually end up in serious trouble. Um, this is a sort of survival of, of Sigma I think but does it make them a fantastic investment? I very much have my doubts here. Okay, so it was uh, well clearly uh, articulated there, just the story behind the uh, the move and why it was the stock of the day, but uh, almost just a fraction below twenty percent higher today. Mm. So uh, some some good news there, and yeah. um, I don't know if you share the view, a nice little rally there, but not on your it's not on my radar. Not on your radar. No. Yeah, no, it's too small for me. I guess I don't know. Too risky. I'm thirty and I still can't take any risk. Um, anyway, let's uh, move on and get to our guest. As always on a Tuesday. Martin Crabbe from Shore and Partners joins us live. Uh, Martin, we were talking about who called what beforehand and who's <laughs> right and who's wrong. And well, uh, as I understand it, you were a part of the uh, the chorus saying that they, they needed to go 25 today, or at least they would. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, look, I think it was, as you said earlier, it was like a, a, a when, not if, because mm. the futures were pricing 40 points across three meetings out to August. So like, you know, coin toss now, wait. So I think what pushed their hand is probably the wages outcome and the higher than expected April inflation. That was like, well, why wait a month? Okay, we can get the GDP numbers tomorrow, but they're March, I mean, who cares, right? And I would have thought that their liaison, so the oft loud lauded uh, 1,500 um, individuals who talk to the RBA or they claim to talk yeah. to, uh, to get a sense of what's going on. Maybe the management team at any one of the ASX retailers would have told them how bad things have mm. become literally in the last few weeks. Um, and we know that these, um, yeah, these inflationary pressures are still there and they're going to continue with higher wages, higher rents. So they may as well just knock it on the, knock it on the head now rather than wait. And that sets up um, you know, a rally in the dollar because maybe the, 
mm. Fed doesn't go at the next meeting. Maybe we get higher dot plots, but just remember the Fed's almost at five and a half percent rates already, right? So they're a, a long way ahead of us, both in terms of duration, but also the rate itself. So there's still a, almost a one and a half percent interest rate differential between the Aussie and the US. So if they don't put up rates, it's put downward pressure on the dollar and that's inflationary as well. So they've got to think about that too. Mm. So we look like we're heading for 4.35 and we look like we're going to stay there for a while. Yeah. Um, if that whole comparison with the US, I mean, Australia has so much mortgage debt, so much, and it's more short dated. I well, mean, it's the, only $2 trillion, right? Only, well, what's a trillion between friends, hey? But like, I know traditionally that rates would be higher in Australia versus the US. Yeah. But dare I say, is there a this time it's different? Because a lot of the US mortgages are, you know, very long days. Yeah, they're 30-year fixed rate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's part, been part of the problem yeah. for the US. So yeah. one could argue, I mean, there was, I believe, it, um, a Freedom of Information document talking about the, RB, the RBA saying that they might have to go to 4.8, right. which is well beyond even, I think, Deutsche Bank's expectations of yeah. 4.6. Yeah. Is that even... Feasible, yeah, given, look, given what might happen to the real estate market on at, at one level, I mean, in terms of mortgage stress? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a double whammy this time because so much of our debt is fixed. Mm. Like traditionally, fixed rate mortgages are a very small feature in the Australian mortgage um, industry because floating rates are typically better value for uh, for mortgagees than fixed rates are because of the nature of the yield curve. The yield curve the yield curve generally goes up. So the higher you go out, the higher the rate you get. Therefore, fixing is more expensive than floating. So we've had this anomalous period in history where fixing was so good, like Mm. 1.75, 1.8 to fix rates. It's like this free money. So a lot of us, me included, jumped on that bandwagon and now we're all facing this. So not only does the central bank need to think about the typical lag that happens anyway, Mm. they need to think about the cliff. Mm. And yeah, they've got data on the cliff. But as you were saying earlier, you know, it's not until the mortgage leaves the account mm. that you stop spending the money, mm. even if you think it's coming. And all this story about people building up buffers and stuff, what we're hearing from the banks is that that's done. People mm. have spent the buffer, or they're still out going to Vivid in Sydney spending that buffer. Um, or it's Europe. Gone. Or, or, or getting on a plane <laughs> to Europe, like half of our office and probably exactly. half of everywhere else is, seems to be in, you know, my Facebook page is just Paris, Croatia, you know, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's this double whammy impact, which makes rates an incredibly touchy break, as in put you through the windshield break. In America, as you said, because most of the mortgage debt is fixed rate 30 years, you know, they can put rates up to 10. It's not really going to change mm-hmm. people's spending because they're not paying the market rate. Mm-hmm. They are on their credit card debt or the student loans, but most of the debt is, is fixed rate. So there the Fed has to go higher than us. Uh, in order to slow their economy down. So that interest rate differential is probably going to stay mm. uh, positive towards the US. Interesting. Uh, we'll get a cash rate futures um, uh, chart that you brought in and you know you often do um, on these timelines when it comes through, but yeah. it just sort of illustrates well this sort of high flow. And this, there's international factors behind this too. You know, at the start of um, May, we, we were still worrying maybe about some kind of banking crisis yeah, or, what, or whatever, right. but still it, it does seem to paint a, uh, well, it's a little bit more of a negative picture about you know how high rates are going to, have, going to have to go and how long they're going to have to stay there. Yeah, I mean, this the caveat, this was before the rate decision. Yes, so yes. you can see the June futures are only pricing in a very small probability, like four points uh, for this decision. So that's now, that June number is now 4.1. So I think 
you know, we run this again tonight when the market closes, that whole curve will, will be moving yeah. higher. Yeah. And just remember the, the last paragraph of the statement on monetary policy, a uh, statement of the, um, the decision left the door open for more monetary policy tightening. They didn't say increase in rates, they said monetary policy tightening, which leaves the door open, A, for quantitative tightening, so taking some bonds out of the market, mm. or also in interest rate increases. So I think that uh, orange curve there, which shows the current uh, futures, that'll, that'll move higher and it'll also flatten out, which is just any thought of interest rate cuts next year, probably not gonna happen. Yeah, and I think you brought a great chart too about this huge structural problem we have with immigration and the how, the disparity between we just don't have housing. Wasn't there a housing chart? We, we do have a, a dwelling approvals chart yeah. that, uh, yeah. that we can yeah. get out. That's the third chart that we yeah. had planned yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can we can get to that, but yeah. We, we, yeah. We so basically, I mean, yeah. like this is just a, a massive problem, is it, it is. not, Martin? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, I mean, you you can't solve this overnight and I no. can see the argy-bargy already coming out into the media today you know blaming you know Clover or blaming this person and yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's it's a long-term systemic problem isn't yeah. it yeah. so how on earth um, are the politicians going to manage this problem they yeah. want the immigration but there's nowhere to put them yeah and it's difficult that you know governments can't just wave their magic wand and mm. make these things happen um, you need developers to step in and start building. And you've seen, you know, Harry Triggerboff, one of the, the biggest builders in the country, saying, look, I can't make money building in Sydney. Mm, it's too expensive. It's, it's too expensive to build and the end market's not there mm. at the price level that I want to sell at. Mm. People can't get the financing. So it's kind of all connected. Mm. You've got higher interest rates. You've got you know, maybe the economy slowing down a bit. Um, affordability is an issue. Yes, the wage rise um, mm. increased that a little bit. But I think Governor Lowe's just taken that, that wage rise away from people with this <laughs> latest hike, right? So we're back to square one. Yes, you've got all the planning issues and the red tape, which people always go on about. Reality is if you want to get a house built, you're going to have to go through the red tape. That's life in Australia or any developed country. Um, so you can't remove that. So it's really about how do you make the economics change? And the only way to say is, okay, let's get the government to subsidise rents or subsidise, uh, you know, building costs. They're already giving first home buyers 5% equity. Mm. All, there's all already stamp duty exemption. So they're doing some things and those, and those programs are expensive, mm. but it sounds like they're gonna have to do more. I mean, obviously the treasurer wants a million houses built in Australia, so that's great, but we're probably gonna have to see more from Canberra and more from Macquarie Street in Sydney mm. to, to, make that, to make those economics change. Mm. Mm. We do have Governor Lowe speaking tomorrow. Um, I would imagine, you know, maybe we're sort of dipping into politics here again, but he's gonna get an absolute grilling if he, uh, hasn't already gotten one in the in the public and, and uh, previous testimonies. I mean, how, how do you think this could potentially sort of play out here? Because it would seem, well, the governor might be out of a job in a couple of months, let's be perfectly honest. The communications here, how are you seeing them? Well, they've improved. Mm. Um, obviously, there was a big mea culpa about what they did earlier in the year about not briefing the, the market and then doing a selective briefing. And, mm. and, you know, to his credit, Governor Lowe, you know, kind of fell on his sword a little bit in terms of saying we're reviewing our whole communications. And he had that speech in Perth and he sort of came clean and, um, and realised that they'd made a mistake. And I, th I think they're probably working a bit harder. I think it sort of coincides with the with the Treasury's review of the Reserve Bank that suggests that they set up a separate monetary policy committee and that maybe it doesn't meet as regularly and they're probably gonna copy the Fed and have dot plots and, and you know uh, more full minutes and talk about how people voted and maybe have more markets slash economics 
background people on the MPC, on the Monetary Policy Committee. So I think all that's going to happen. Um, I think you know, Governor Lowe is unlikely to get re-elected for another term just because unfortunately there's been a few missteps, not just in terms of communication, but also zigging when they should be zagging right. and, and potentially leaving the whole tightening uh, too late. Um, and, and having to play catch up and probably now at risk of over tightening. I mean, it's always difficult to say. Yeah. It's great in hindsight. We'll look back in a year and say, geez, they over tightened, didn't they? Mm. Couldn't they see the, the writing on the wall mm. with all those retail downgrades? Mm. Um, but yeah, so look, toughest job in the world. I wouldn't want it. Mm. And I think generally speaking, our, our governors have done a pretty good job at running monetary policy in this country. We've tended to avoid recessions, whereas most other countries have had yo-yo economies. Ours has been relatively stable. But I just think, yeah, tough gig for, for Philip Lowe. Mm. Mm. Tough gig and tough times at the moment for many people. Mm. So, um, well, look, Martin, thank you so much for coming in Always again. A um, it's a shame we don't have all better news to discuss, but yeah. hey. That's life and that's life in the markets, that's isn't right. it? That's right. A bull market will come one day. Exactly. This too shall pass, hey? Exactly. <laughs> Martin Crow from Shore & Partners, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Okay, let's get to the leaders and laggards. Well, I get the sense that they might be few and far between, but let's see what the leaders mm -hmm. were for the session now. And uh, actually, Coal stocks going coal for a run. Mm. I couldn't find anything, but that doesn't mean very much. No, well, I suppose we have seen just volatility, I suppose, in, uh, in those coal futures prices anyway. So um, there you go. Maybe a bit of a bounce. You got one? A2 Milk. Yes, they oh, yes. have got that Chinese go-ahead, haven't they? I think that came out this morning. Yes. And yes. Actually, in fact, they didn't cover yeah, that in the, uh, in yeah. the corporate news uh, by any mean. But uh, yeah, A2 Milk and Partners in late wins. China baby formula approval, Yep. Uh, which is huge there. And uh, well, I suppose what... Um, gives uh, another avenue other than the sort of Dago route to uh, sell into, into China, perhaps, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Um, Net wealth, an interesting one, um, especially for a day where the market was down Absolutely. overall. Sometimes it can be a bit of an interest rate story. It's the same as computer share, but we'll just have a double check as to if there's anything there uh, driving that or if it's just uh, coincidental. No. And I, I get the sense that it might just be coincidental. Yeah, nothing there. Uh, Megaport is pulling back just a little bit because it had been on a bit of a run up until rather recently. Sorry, not pulling back, extending its run. Um, here we have, yeah, not too much news there either. It, has it might said. be. I don't necessarily, I suppose, the because the, they help with transitioning people into the cloud, into those... Um, data centres. Maybe mm. it's caught a bit of the AI vibe yeah, well, as NextDC and um, Macquarie Telecom, etc. Yeah, that's, that's We're talking it. about the virtual cloud too here. We're, we're not getting morbid on, on, on a day like this no, where no. our rates have been high 25 again. No. Never. Off-premise. Off-premise. Data storage. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're getting built everywhere. Marcus is sparky and uh, yeah, again, you know, we talk about the sort of infrastructure of the future. You do yeah. it all the time. There you go. There's a, there's a play in that, and uh, perhaps the, the play was today. But let's get to the laggards now, um, and this will be Ooh, ASX. a little bit broader. ASX Ouch. had spoken about it, and um, well, it was actually an interesting point you made before. So air all the, the dirty laundry now. Yep. Politics, they say, burn the political capital early. Yep. Perhaps just burn the literal capital early yep. when it comes to uh, CEOs uh, taking the, the top job. But uh, down 9.7%. The news there, I think the big part was this, that obviously the dividend payout ratio potentially yep, being that's lowered. Huge. That's, that's yep. not good. Yep. Um, other names are Domain. I, 
hazard a guess that's going to be a, a house don't, market story. Yeah, when they, I don't you know, know why though, because I don't think REA was as heavily hit. Um, no, it wasn't at all. Mm. So I don't okay. know, maybe somebody's sniffing out a downgrade. I actually think I saw an upgrade today, but I'm not too sure what's going on there. All with Cochlear, I'm not too sure there. Yeah, Braysha Poldings, um, I don't, again, that, that's just been the proxy play. In fact, we, we were talking about uh, how you know one of the commercial partners of the business publish, uh, publishes some of their uh, most popularly traded stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would seem uh, the likes of Brainship and a few others are on that list. Right. I dare say uh, a few punters out there just enjoying the AI theme, the volatility that's sure. been generated from that, a two-way price movement sure. that uh, folks often enjoy. Uh, Qantas too, um, down. Uh, I'm not too sure you're saying all your mates were going away to But eventually to that's got a, I, it's, it's one of those things. I think they were talking about airfares coming down and some people were saying, well, that's really good for travel, yada, yada, yada. But it actually could mean that they're already starting to see demand taper off. Yeah. I mean, you know, there will be revenge travel until you drop, but eventually people will go, well, I just can't afford this. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll second that. Um, let's get to the uh, small caps now, perhaps uh, peruse these audio pixels. Well, well done you, up uh, 64.9% for the day. I know you are. I can hear you tip-tapping away on, on that one to see if we can find a, a reason for folks at home to explain that one. But uh, Mulgrave, uh, Musgrave Minerals, similar. That looks like an error. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an, an error. error. Sorry, Sorry it should be up. At, it should be up about 3% um, according to my numbers. So I think that's yeah. incorrect. Oh, uh, you haven't hit, uh, hit it rich shareholders. I'm sorry, but Simlake Milk, that's uh, that's a part of the A2 story, I do believe. So that's up 15%. Uh, let's flip over to the small cap laggards. Yep. What do we got? Cool. Interesting uh, enough, that, that must just, be an idiosyncratic story. Oh, let me just check, check the price on that. Yes, that is actually down 22% today, and I have mm. uh, proposed yeah. issue. Yeah, they're having a capital Placement. raising. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So that's uh, always good to, to, to get uh, a little whisper here on that uh, on that stuff. Um, hopefully nothing went exhibitant. Um, but baby bunting. Baby bunting. We went through that story too, down 16%. Yep. Another consumer. Actually, that was a really big downgrade in terms of guidance too. It's huge. It? Massive. Yeah, it's massive. About I mean, literally. or something. Yeah. I mean, like sales have just evaporated. Yeah. Yeah. No, they re- But I, I do think that, um, as one of our colleagues pointed out, a lot of babies were born after the first lockdowns, you know, yeah. 12 months, whatever, nine months later, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. So, you know, it's the unwinding of being effectively a lockdown beneficiary. We need another Costello policy, one for mum, one for dad, and one for the country to, uh, to, to boost that one again. They can't afford it. They can't, yeah, we can't, can we? Can we? No, anyway, um, won't put that idea to my girlfriend, oh, that's dear. for sure. What's happening? What okay. is happening overnight? What's happening? Not much overnight. Um, tomorrow, no? though, Governor Lowe, uh, GDP yep. as well. Backward looking, but nevertheless, um, if you like to watch car accidents, I get the sense you might want to tune to that Governor Lowe speech because oh. there is going to be... An absolute grilling, I, I think, especially after that fair work decision. In politics, they call it optics. Um, mm-hmm. They were pretty explicit talking about the sort of uh, wage issue in Australia. It's going to mm-hmm. be, a, I suppose, some with uh, particular sympathies in Parliament that are they're going to give them a good, good hiding, I think. But for better or worse. Yeah, exactly. It's all theatre at the end of the day sometimes. Life is just a stage, isn't it? Yes, except for people, it's been it's their lives. Anyway, I think we better wrap up. <laughs> right, yeah, when we start quoting Shakespeare, that's time to go. Anyway, uh, remember, you can catch up on all the latest news and views on our website and app. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yep. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.